Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Okay, we had a big response there to uh, Patrick Mullins chat with uh, Johnny Ward and John Duggan a little bit earlier on. If you missed any of that, or indeed you want to uh, get it on podcast, you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Offtheball.com forward slash podcast. Probably the best place for it, though. Uh, delighted to say I'm joined now by Eddie O'Sullivan, though, because we're looking ahead to the uh, weekend, the final round of Interpro's uh, ahead of the resumption of European hostilities. Eddie, uh, happy new year to you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend to see what the fallout from last weekend is, to see what response we have from Leinster against Ulster and also to see if Munster can just kind of keep that level of intensity going at uh, Connacht. Um, maybe we'll start with the Connacht-Munster game. This one kicks off at 7.35 in the sports ground. Um, what do you expect from these two teams on Saturday evening? Well, a lot of it's this time of the year is about context of where the their season is and what they're trying to achieve, you know. And they're keeping one eye on Europe as well, which is in the back of their minds. It often affects selection. But for Connacht and Munster, like Connacht could have had a bumper, um, basically a bumper Christmas had they held on against Leinster. And um, they're in rude health at the moment. And it's funny thing is they're battling it out from, with Munster to stay in the playoff places. And that loss in Leinster was kind of, cut them slightly adrift. So if Connacht lose again to Munster, that will kind of put Munster right up there with Glasgow Warriors and it has some separation. And Connacht could be in a scrap with the Ospreys who, if they beat Cardiff, could overtake Connacht. So Connacht could go from putting themselves right in the firing line for the playoffs tomorrow to actually be dropping down to fourth and out of the playoffs. So there's a lot of pressure on Connacht for that reason. And they, But they've played really good rugby and they've, they've, they've looked like very comfortable in their skin and I think they're hoping for more of the same but I think Munster on the other side of it now know that it's a waveform that they're not delivering this time they turn that around or they're going to be under pressure at the end of the season. They're going to sports ground to get a result and the team reflects that. And it's not full metal jacket, um, but at the same time, it's a strong Munster team. Um, when you look at it, you've got, um, you know, basically Peter O'Man is back, which is a big plus for him, you know. Uh, he was missed, I think, against Leinster. We don't know why, why he wasn't there, but um, he was missed. Uh, you've got um, Tony O'Donnell is back in, in, in harness as well. Carberry at 10. Wooten, Goggin, Farrell, as, uh, Earls, uh, all strikers, Conway fullbacks. So they are going to get results this game because you can put that separation between the and Connacht. If they're to fall in Connacht tomorrow night and their form away from home has been poor, it puts them a little bit behind the eight ball going into the, the back end of the season with, with the Pro 14. And they have got to get the business done as well in the uh the Europe which is yet to be done. So it's a very it's a very interesting game from that perspective. It's a very inter- a strategic game in terms of where both sides are going to be tomorrow night in terms of their pro 14 ambitions. Yeah, it's a real opportunity for Connacht to say that our home venue is a game where a ground where we expect to win games even when Ulster co- or even when sorry Munster come with the strength that they have. Like I'm looking at the Munster bench and CJ Stander, Connor Murray, Todd Blaindal, Sam Arnold uh, Billy Holland, Stephen Archer, Kilcoyne. It's a it's a very very strong bench. So they know that they're going to be facing into um, maybe a deficit late in that second half. But if we're going to take Connacht as as one of these teams who deserve to be in the Heineken Cup next season, then they have to win their home games. They do, and they have they have been like I think that the takeaway this year from Connacht overall has been their ability to play a really good brand of rugby. I mean, if you sit and watch Connacht, you'll enjoy watching them play, and they're playing with a lot of confidence and they're playing with a lot of air on the ball and they seem to be very confident in their skins as I said and there seems to be much better energy this year compared to last year last year was a bit of a slog for them and things didn't go well I think uh, 
and the friends brought a, 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 a different energy to the place. Everyone seems to be more settled. And that's the reason I think they're, they're really where they want to be, is they're threatening to get into the playoffs um, of, of the Pro 14 and force their way into Europe next year. That was the plan, I'd say, all along. And they're on track for that. Nobody now is rocking up to, to Galway expecting an easy night out. Not that it was ever easy before, but even now when they come away from home, like they beat Ulster up in Raven Hill this year, they came perilously close uh, to beating Leinster uh, at the RDS. So they're, they're actually a team now that are, are really you know, taking, taking the game by the scruff of the neck, which is good to see. So Munster know if they go to Galway tomorrow night anyway half-baked, they'll get caught. And you see the bench they put in that if for some reason... You know that it's a very tight game, and they're a score the upper score down with 20 minutes to go. They can they can flood the bench on and have a big impact, and maybe you know finish the game off. So I think it's going to be a tough night out for Connacht. But in front of the home crowd, if they keep their confidence back themselves, they could make it very difficult for Munster. But I, I think Munster will probably eat this one out because they kind of have to, or the question marks are going to be raised again about their away form, and they need to try and get a bit of daylight between themselves and Connacht in the Pro 14 to kind of consolidate their playoff position. It's obviously very early in this administration's era at Connacht but as you say the, the signs there's been a massive recovery from last year everybody seems happy and obviously they seem uh, much more confident as a result of that happiness what's the what's the style of play is it is it quite the same as Pat Lamb is it significantly different from Pat Lamb's era what are you seeing from Connacht so far over the first five months um, it's different than Pat Lamb Pat Lamb played the game one particular way it was a very wide wide game and, and he stuck with it and I remember for the first couple of years it didn't go well and he was getting a lot of flack and he just backed himself and eventually it all clicked for him and they had a great season. But I think Connors have come off two poor seasons. One where Pat Lamb announced he was, an, or, you know, announced he was leaving this time two years ago and the kind of wheels came off as they do and then things went wrong last year when the, when, when the coach in front. So they seem to have kind of got the energy back now but they are playing a nice brand of rugby. It's not as expansive. Um, as as um, we you know we see Pat Lamb, it's a bit more measured, I think, but they're still well able to move the ball. They've got good strikers as well in the back line, um, and I suppose Jack Harty is playing really really well. And even the loss of of um, Kieran Marmion now, which is a big setback after the autumn, Kieran Blade has really stepped up to the mark. He was outstanding against Leinster, so they have a lot of good players on the field. They're playing with a lot of composure and they're playing with a lot of organisation. So I just think. At this time of the year, to be in that sort of form is very positive around the team. You know, you're looking forward to the second half of the season, and I think there's a lot of that in, in down to Andy Friend's, you know, management skills as well. The players seem and look much happier in their skins, and that can be often the difference between a team, you know, playing well and, and playing not so well. And I think you know he's taken a lot of credit for that. Okay, in in terms of um, what we would expect from Munster in a match like this, again, it's just another different challenge for Joey Carby and his game management um, it's not going to be Conor Murray alongside him it's Albie Mathewson so he needs to take a little bit of extra leadership obviously Mathewson's a very seasoned player he's you know, uh, been around the world at this stage and he's in the later stages of his career but at the same time if you're going to be the out half who's dictating play it's just another step forward these away matches you've got to impose yourself I suppose on the game plan Yeah and, and there are still question marks around Carberry not that I, I don't think he'll answer them in the long run but um, he he had a he had a very poor game away in Castro and the Orb and that kind of really cost him the game, and um, he he has he's just got to learn his game management. We know what he can do with the ball in hand. He's an extraordinary attacking ten, but it's a bigger picture. But I think Matheson it doesn't it shouldn't phase Carby that he doesn't have Conor, have Conor Murray inside him. Matheson's a very shrewd operator as well, 
Um, and I think that's an exciting backline they've picked. When you look at it, you've got Arrows and Wooden on the wing who are real strikers. You've Gog and Farrell is back in harness and Andrew Conway. It's, like, if the weather holds, I think Munster will be able to lash and try and go move, move Connacht around. And that's where Carberry will come into his own. Now, if, the, if it's a wet night and it's a slogging match up front, I think Carberry will, will have his work cut out. Doesn't mean he can't do it, but it's not his forte or the best part of his game. And I think, you know, it's part of a learning curve for him. I think he did bounce back for well after the Castor uh, experience and he played well since then. But um, certainly he's a key guy for them and that's why he's there. That's why he went to Munster was to, to change the whole, um, I suppose, the energy around the back line. But the truth of the matter is as a unit, and this is the worrying thing, the Munster back line has not really been delivering even at home. Um, you know, the, 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 the win against Leinster... They were happy about it that they got the win, but it was facile enough in the terms of the way they won it. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they had a driving wall and an intercept and they had they had, they had like played against thirteen or fourteen men. You'd think they should have put more on the table in terms of attacking prowess. But I, I think it's work in progress for um Carby's a big part of it, but they've yet to put the whole package together, Munster. Um and it's time for to start doing that now. Uh you're getting into the like the the, the second half of the season and if they're gonna be competing at the end of the season in the playoffs, whether it's in Europe or in a Pro 14, they, they do need to start scoring tries in their backs. They're, they're not going, their forwards are not going to bully their way all the way to a, a, a silverware this year. There's no, no question that's going to happen. We do see in team sports, though, that if you are absent for any period of time and the team doesn't perform well, your stock rises massively. That has definitely happened for Chris Farrell from a Munster perspective. There's a lot on his shoulders and a lot of expectation that his presence alone will actually be enough to change the attacking dynamic of the team. And you can understand why he's got size, he's got skill, he's got uh, pace. He's he's like He looks like the complete footballer. Yeah, he's played really well. And of course, the injury that kept him up most of the season was very frustrating for Munster. And then he came back, had a man of the match performance, and got injured again. So I think... <clears throat> The problem with that, though, is a guy who's coming back from injury, um, you know, one one big injury and one not so big, but at the same time keeping him off the field, and suddenly all the pressure's on his shoulders to be the catalyst for the team. It's probably a bit much to expect. And I think Farrell needs to get another game or two under his belt. Um, he's got to get ready for Europe. He's got to get ready to see can he force his way back into the Irish midfield. And suddenly we're hanging all Munster's expectation around his neck about changing the whole dynamic of their attacking play. Yeah. He's capable of doing it. But it's a lot to ask for in his first game back. I would say they need to win. They need to win in Galway without Farrell shooting the lights out because you know it's, it's a big ask for him coming back after a long layoff uh, between the two injuries. A, a quick word about the the Leinster Ulster game. It's not quite as appetising as the Connacht Munster game when you look at the the lineup from both teams. Um, there's a, some key players from Leinster coming back. Notably, uh, Rob Kearney starts. Jack McGrath starts. But it's not their first strength, uh, full strength team, and it's nowhere near the full strength team for Ulster either. No, and I, I think McFarland is trying to manage his resources, I suppose, and he's looking at the crucial games they've coming up in Europe, and he's trying to make sure they're full settled for that. But I think had he thought a bit more about it and realised that Leinster were going to go so skinny in terms of personnel, he might have loaded up a bit more and taken his chances. I, I don't think it was a game. If you look at the season, I don't think it's a game that Dan McFarland said down said right. Leinster away in the RDS, you know, in the first week in January, that's a, that's a target game for us. Uh, he wouldn't have targeted that game as a game we're going to win or have to win. So you could see how his thinking was coloured about, like, let's not go down their full metal jacket, let's see what happens, maybe give some younger players a run. Um, and he's had a horrific injury spell 
with, with Ulster early in the season, which cost them dearly. When they went to Thorne Park earlier in the year, they were really short lot of players and they got butchered down there. So he'd be reticent about ending up in Europe with some injuries. Um, and someone like Coatsy has already had an injury again over Christmas. So it's a concussion injury. So I think uh, McFarlane was probably playing it safe, not expecting to get much out of Dublin. But then when he saw uh, the team that, that Leo's picked, he might have thought twice and said, you know what, have we loaded up a bit more? Maybe we could have got these guys. But that's too late now. Like the die is cast. Um, I think Leinster will win it on, if they play to form. But we saw what Connacht did to them when they cut loose. Um, that Leinster team, like worth the pin of their collar, they were dead and buried. No fairness, they came back. But they wouldn't want to do that every week, I think. Uh, so I think it's it's a hard one to call. I mean, I, I still think Leinster get it done. I think Ulster probably had a, a couple of horses, more horses on field. They would have probably um, had a chance of doing it. But now with the team they've picked, I think Leinster will get it done. Yeah, both sides have um, 19-year-olds playing. There's uh, one in the back row for Leinster and there's one in the backs for Ulster. So, you know, it's an opportunity really for that next generation of players to get a little bit of league experience and to understand exactly what the the ebb and flow of these matches is supposed to be like. Yeah, it is indeed. But again, the bigger picture too for Ulster, remember, you put these young fellas in to get them experience and there's a price for that if things go wrong. Um you know, we, 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 we see that like when guys go out and they, they don't play the park because they're inexperienced. And if they're in an inexperienced team, you know, it's okay to put a couple of young fellas in around a more experienced crew that will carry them. But if you have five or six inexperienced guys and it goes a bit south, you've done anybody there to rally the troops. And Ulster are in a slightly precarious position, even though they're second in Conference B. Um, like Leinster are running away with it. Like no one's going to catch them. But they're in the battle at the moment, if you look at it, with, with Benetton, Scarlet and Edinburgh uh, for that, you know, second or third spot in the league. You no, know, they should stay there, but you know, a few losses on the bounce, and suddenly you're down to number four or five in the league, and you're you're playing catch up. Um, so it it looks like it, like if Benetton win on the weekend and Scarlets win on the weekend, um, then they'll both jump over Ulster probably, and they'll be down to fourth. So that's something that they've got to keep an eye on. But I I think it's probably based on the premise that Dan McFarlane looked at this fixture way off and said, look, going to Leinster first week after Christmas um, is not one we're going to try and get get get, get in front of. Let's make sure we're ready for, for Europe. And maybe he's let a chance slip because Leinster have gotten light as well. But anyway, yeah. look, that's the dice cast. I still think Leinster will get a donut. They don't, they'll be a surprise of all sorts of winners. Eddie, great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks a million. Cheers, bye. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.